Hello and welcome to the holiday edition of the Anomaly Presents podcast. We're here and it's the festive season. (laughs) And we're here to talk about uh, a holiday film that you probably wouldn't expect us to talk about. It's Santa Claus the movie. Uh, Joining me tonight is uh, a a festive group. We have a guest and uh, some of our, our, our usual merry band of elves. We'll, we'll start to my right with our guest. I guess I'll introduce my elf. I'm Kara. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. I'm Adam. <laughs> Moving on. This is Aaron Murphy. Hi, I'm Matt number two. <laughs> and I guess I'm Matt number one, Matt Knotts. Uh, <laughs> so tonight we're talking about Santa Claus the movie. It is... Uh, uh, Santa Claus the movie, as defined by Webster's Dictionary, um, came out in 85. Uh, it was the the Salkins made it, I believe, right after which Superman? Three? Is that the one? Um, we'll go with that. Yeah, that sounds good. H- how do we even describe it? Well, I know I can describe it <laughs> as what I picture in my head when I hear the word Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> That it's 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 who I think of when I think of Santa Claus because just a little bit history here with the, most of this group is that I remembered most of this movie as an adult and was t- telling what I remembered of it to people and they thought I was descri- I was having a fever dream if not <laughs> describing someone else's valid <laughs> understandable yeah but it's the story of it's basically the story of how Santa Claus came to be. It's Santa Claus, the first Avenger. Yeah, um, true. Origin story and all. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess we'll start where move, most movies do. We'll start at the beginning with Uncle Claus. Dying. Dying. <laughs> We're just jumping right to that. Freezes to death. Freezes to death. I mean, that's which really I'm the most, most important part of this movie. I'm most upset about the reindeers. Um, wait, wait, wait. We have to go. So in the very beginning, there's this random barn of children and old people telling stories. And it's, I don't, I can't tell if it's supposed to be Germany or some Nordic country. There, the accents in this movie—it's no rules, just right. We're gonna roll with it. The lady kind of sounds German. Yes, and Uncle Claus is very clearly American. Um, and the, this woman is telling the story of these people. And I'm spacing on the name she gives them. I kept wanting to call them the Venkmans. I did that's, too. That's not right. Oh, no, I can't no, think of. No, I, meant no, to write it down. I, I will yep. tell you because I had to write it down. It's the Vendicums. Ven- Oh, She's telling the story to the Sounds children. like a Japanese vending machine. Yep. Of the Vendicums and how they live at the top of the world. And her story is interrupted by a very rude little boy who's like, I, I hate this lady's story. We, it's the same one every year. I mean, to be fair, he's talking over in the corner. It's the rest the, of the children give up on the it story. It just interrupts well, our yeah. hearing of the story. story. Sorry. Um, and they're waiting for Uncle Claus to come. Who is? It's Christmas Eve. He's bringing them presents, which are basically wood carvings he's done all year to give to kids he comes he brings the presents everyone's really excited and then he has to go on to the next stop in a and storm that's, that's when he dies in the snow <laughs> yeah in a storm in a storm i have to say the snow effects in this beginning section are beautiful i really like oh. the snow <laughs> it's like well yeah oh yeah no they're stunning but you kill reindeers <laughs> oh yeah no it's not i'm not saying it's worth it <laughs> and the reindeers are sad and they have eyes the reindeer puppetry is one of my favorite parts of i'm this not movie. gonna be True. I do want to give up props to the puppetry department. 
because I felt the feelings of those goddamn reindeers and I almost cried when those reindeers went down and the other reindeer was nudging the other reindeer's face like, hello, hi, we're dying. Like, I can't. I'll put myself on blast. When they start to leave, I'm like, are those real reindeers? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, well done. No, legitimately. In general, yeah. the special effects are pretty decent for the time. Yeah, the and practical then, effects are yeah. really... Move, like they're moving and they, they, they do elicit emotion in some of the cases and they kind of make you believe this world exists. Yeah, the sparkle dust is a little questionable overall, but like with time period, I, I was going to say, for the time. I get it, I get it. I just, the machine thing when they're like, it's dropping it and they're sparkling and I was like, that's that's the best you can do. But oh, the animated sparkle? Yeah. That's why I said practical effects. Yes, yes, absolutely. 100%. Okay. Nope, I was very 100%. clear on that. Nope, nope. Yep. <laughs> like, I used the word I meant. I said what I meant. <laughs> Ignore all the, the small animated effects. That's so, a whole other story. Yeah, so Santa dies. and then <laughs> Yep, Santa dies and his wife and two reindeer. Uh, and then is it the North Star shows up and spits out a bunch of vendicums? <laughs> but also... They ascend. They ascend, but the first thing they do because and this is one of the things about me that old lady tells the story about the vendicums and makes this whole thing about vendicums and the first thing they do is let's go don't call us that we're just elves yeah, <laughs> they're like, just like throwing that right out the window which, which slur yeah <laughs> you call us that which only I, we can call ourselves that I appreciate because if we had had to sit through 89 more minutes of people saying the word vendicum <laughs> I was gonna vend a shit <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Do we want? Oh no! I'm okay. Do we need to pause for a second so no, you can? Okay. Um. So yeah, then the the North Star comes and all the Bendicums come out, which they're they're really elves. And then. And then they explain to Claus and his wife Anya that they're so glad he's here. They've been expecting him. And then in that moment and in a few times else as we learn about what his destiny is to be, explain that he will live forever and that he will deliver toys to children all around the world to which Claus goes, oh yeah, this all tracks. <laughs> He's taking he it is very easily. Yeah, they drop a lot it. on them and they just roll with it. Yeah. I gotta give them credit. He's like, ah, dope. Sure. Okay. He doesn't say, wait, 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 hold up. Can we repeat a couple of these things <laughs> again? He asks for clarification every now and then. Like, well, if I'm supposed to deliver toys to everyone in the world, like, how is that, like, how is that possible? There's no time when they go, oh, time follows you now. <laughs> the world, essentially, time stops as you're doing this and will not resume until you're done. He's like, oh, cool. All right. As Thank long as Burgess that's taken Meredith. care of. Thank you for explaining that to me. <laughs> Which, also, Burgess Meredith, who are you? You just rolled up with a long beard that people, sorry, elves are holding. Who are you as a character? And why do I care about what you're sharing with me? Oh, you're just giving information for plot. Got it. I mean, I guess once your, like, beard, mustache, hair is braided and carried by, like, eight elves behind you, like, you just, you gain some sort of, like, notoriety no, and people I, have you, to listen. Yeah, you are due some respect. Yeah, no, I, I like Paime the exposition elf. That's what else I did have a thought when they were, so they, they go, they take uh, Claus and his wife Anya to the North Pole, to the workshop and show him all of the toys and the, you know, how they make them and how they live their lives at the top of the world, making all these toys with the intent for Santa to give them. And I had this thought that, it, you know, there's this, this 
group of sexless men at the top of the world with nothing to do and they make toys and to spread joy but you put a group of sexless men on the internet and they destroy democracy <laughs> so i know oh, i know fired. i know how to fix this problem we just send them all to the north pole kara you i adore you the human being. like aaron and i both just sat here just being like <gasps> I thought I was watching. I was like, and I was, I was like, Matt, pause the movie. <laughs> there's, an an, some... there's an answer hidden in here. Pause the movie. I'm going to make you think of Alex Jones and green tights for a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> and stop. <laughs> I did not think the conversation was going where it just went. <laughs> the, oh, no. The, the random, as you mentioned about like him and instructions. I'm ignoring what Kara said and moving in a different direction. <laughs> Is the part I thought about that is he asks for clarification on just a couple things, and I don't know if it's just they're expecting us to just be like, okay, it's magic, or if they're just expecting that like he gets it. But I was surprised at the lack of direction they give him, where they're like, well, time will stop with you while, you, and he's like, okay, great, that's all I needed to know. Off we go. Oh, I yeah. was like, how about how to get into a house? Who I'm giving toys to? How I'm giving toys? Am I breaking and entering? Like, do I do every single house? I don't know if there's children here. I just have to imagine that first trip took about 30,000 years. <laughs> the only wrench that gets thrown in the works at a certain point is that they, have, they show a situation of a little girl at her house and her brother is tormenting the cat. That upset me greatly. Oh, I was like, I, I, was hope, like, that's that, a real I hope that cat yeah. eats that kid's face while he's sleeping. Off. Off. But what happens is that it his was sister, who has been trying to you know, defend the cats, like, leave him alone, leave him alone tattles on him writes a letter to santa saying my brother is torturing this cat and so in the off season this letter drops down the chimney at the north pole and one of the like helper elves takes it out and reads it and it's like well what do we you know what do we do this kid can't possibly get a present and and santa claus is like oh no every kid gets presents but 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 his wife is like oh no not this a-hole <laughs> not this we, motherfucker. we have to have some rules fuck you clifton you <laughs> fucked it up for everybody <laughs> <laughs> The letter writing also made me laugh. I understand different century, but I laughed in this, the one shot with so much mail coming in, like 80% of it is scrolls. Like it's not like letters and envelopes. It's scrolls that have been done. It starts out as letters and envelopes and turns into scrolls when it comes through the chimney. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, but well, in the beginning of it, it's, it's much further back in time. Like it's the same shot, dude. I had to Google Roman numerals, by the way, because I was blanking. (laughs) I was like, okay, what century are we in? (laughs) But that, I realized that like that made, I had, as a kid, that meant nothing to me. (laughs) Because you don't know Roman numerals as a kid. You're just like, Uh, oh, there's a sand. And like I just this was the first time in watching it that I was like, oh, this is showing the progression through like the centuries. It's not showing. I don't know what I I think I just blocked, you know, just, blocked it out. Just glittery kid. sand. Yeah, it's like, oh, glitter. Yay. Ugh, someone else glitter. is happy with a toy. <laughs> I think what's interesting as someone who really likes learning about like policies and procedures and how they are built. I was like, oh, this is how they came up with different policies and procedures in, for like not giving kids presents or like checking it twice. I was like, oh, this is how we went through and did this. Anyways. See, this is why I have such an affection for this movie because I I think of it as a, as a kid. This movie answers every question about Santa Claus. Hmm. As a kid, you watch this and you're like, got it? No, no questions. I'm good. As an adult, you watch it, you go, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have multiple questions. 
But as a kid, I mean, it, it goes through and explains everything. It explains why he's at the North Pole, where all the toys come from, how they're made, which is some sort of seesaw machine, and um, how he gets down the chimney, why the reindeer fly, how he gets through all his deliveries in one night. They just kind of drop you know, one after another, like, you know, just feeding you the Santa lie um, and reinforcing it, which is probably why I believed in Santa until a probably too old of an age. I Last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I want to know the tragic story of how that was broken. Then. His beard fell right off at the mall. It was very upsetting. <laughs> I think this is also a, a fair point in that I think that the most successful part of this film is up until we get to modern day, yeah. mo- mo- but more recent. New York City. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. To yeah. New York. <laughs> That's it. That's all we need to know. That's where all things go awry. That's everything until then. I feel like we can be like, there's some weird stuff in it and there's some questionable choices. But up until then, I think it's moving in a perfectly decent direction. And it's, it's whimsical enough and charming. And then it all goes awry. Yeah. Once we get to it, yeah. And, and with Joe. Joe? <laughs> Joe. 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 That's right. Because I was like, hey, Joe, what do you know? This <laughs> questionable. I think it's amazing we've gotten to this point in the plot and we've not talked because you've said questionable choices. We haven't talked about Dudley Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer it that way. Let's just keep going. Because why? Well, I think because it becomes a very important part of the story. So up while there is the North Pole, there's a bunch of elves. Some of them have names, some of them don't, but they're all kind of goofy. Like, there's Puffy and now and then there's Patch. Patch, it, one is called Puffy. Once P. Diddy, I looked. Is it? No, it's Puffy. Yeah. yeah. Puffy, there's Fart, there's Elbow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Patch is a very eager elf. He's very inventive. He's invented all of the things that will come to pass, like modern HVAC, He's like, I have an idea for heating this building with pipes. And everyone looks at him like, what's a pipe? What's a pipe? That's, <laughs> let's go make these wooden horses that trick trot. That's a much more, you know, that's a much more useful thing to do. Um, or let's make dolls, you know, that are just whittled out of wood. Children will love these. They're so cuddly. Um, but Patch keeps thinking up these inventions and he's always wanting to improve the process of making toys. Sorry, he always wants to improve the process of making toys. It's his passion and one of the things that happens at the North Pole, and now I'm spacing if this happens before we go to New York or after, is he's in the running to be Santa's assistant, which is like the head elf. This is just before New York. Just before New York. Yeah. Right? No, they've already gone to New York when he's in the running. Oh, yeah. Yes. When he gets back. Yeah, they're having like two stories at the same time okay. at this point. Yeah, because yeah, this is when we run into Joe and find out how much he enjoys Coca-Cola. Yes. And McDonald's. <laughs> oh, are you talking yeah. about the McDonald's commercial just dropped right, right into in the middle, middle of it? Yeah. I was like, mm, I want some nuggets now. <laughs> Yo, yeah, but... <laughs> like, and this is the part I thought of Aaron immediately. The, the McDonald's scene had the most horrifying foley I've ever heard in my entire life. I scrubbed through it when I heard it the first time. I stopped listening. I scrubbed through the scene. It was... <laughs> it was very moist. No, it was. I heard a little bit of it, and I was like, oh, not tonight. Mm-hmm. And I just scrubbed through the rest of it and waited till I stopped seeing McDonald's and then press play again. I did not... Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was not bad at all. It was... Yeah, I, I heard it, and I went, oh, God, Aaron. Because <laughs> it is... To call back to episode nothing but trouble, um, <laughs> worse than Dick knows hot dog as far as Ballad. fully. It was Absolutely. squishy, wet, 
As far as Foley, yes. (laughs) There were no gherkins in this one. Yeah. Thankfully. (laughs) Um, But, like, I could not believe they're like, oh, yeah, this is product placement. Everybody's going to want McDonald's because it sounds like I'm just shoveling this this mush into a a gaping maw. It's like, ugh. Okay, we can move on I, from talking this about this. That's not something that I know. Like you're massaging spaghetti yeah, I, in a Ziploc I, bag. That's exactly. I go back and watch that scene. Yeah. Then. Okay, we don't need to anymore. I think we're done I discussing this. I want to pull it up. No, don't do that. Don't can, do that. I can do it. Anyway, I'm going to move this forward for Aaron. He can so, pull it up if he wants to. I'll tell you what, I'll drop it in in post. Oh, okay. yuck. <laughs> I will be fast forwarding through that part of the episode. <laughs> Just scrub right through it. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a timestamp in the show notes. <laughs> Aaron, scrub S. <laughs> Aaron, anti ASMR at this part. 15 minutes. <laughs> So anyway, we are in as when the movie was released, modern time. So we're in the early 80s in New York. Um, We meet Joe, who is a street kid orphan. No parents, but leather jacket. So we know he is cool. He is cool. Streetwise urchin, if you will. (laughs) Streetwise urchin. He did. He fell right out of Newsies and into this movie somehow. (laughs) Don't don't sing it, Aaron. (laughs) We can't afford it. We'll just seize the day later. Yep. Continue. <laughs> you say that the word two more times, we have to start singing. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> so Joe, yeah, he goes to McDonald's and then moves on to watching a street Santa steal out of the like the Salvation Army bucket and then also pull wine or booze. <laughs> I'm out assuming of, yeah. booze, booze, booze. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was thinking wino. Oh, okay. <laughs> he pulls the booze out and starts drinking, and I they have a little bit of a. Did they confront each other at all? Nope, not no. at all. Okay, he, he just starts looking that. at what's her. Oh, that's right. Then he meets the other girl, or yeah, the other the girl. I, my in my notes, I have her down as Little Miss Prince Valiant Hair. <laughs> <laughs> Really I think it's, wow. Her name is like Cor- Cor- Cornelia. Cornelia. Because he calls her either Corny. Corny. Yeah. Which. What an awful nickname. I know I just said something terrible about her, but <laughs> I feel like that's somehow worse. I guarantee, as an adult, she looks back at this movie and goes, "What the fuck was that hair?" <laughs> so it's very shiny and beautiful. It's just cut like shit. It's just yeah. It, it looks yeah, like a wig. It's a Dutch boy disaster. It's not know. a horrible wig if it's a wig. No, but I mean, it's, it's a bit bad hair. Absolutely. Um, Cornelia lives in a beautiful mansion in New York City, and she's just wistfully gazing out the window at this street urchin urchin in the leather jacket, and they lock eyes. Um, And then she gets pulled back to her homework by her mean babysitter. Oh, my God. Or nanny. Her nanny is... In this movie, her nanny is doing the most awful overacting of anyone, and so I love it, because she's so terrible. That is saying something, too. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting a call yeah. right now from John Lithgow. Uh, yeah, he has know, another that's the thing. No, but with including John Lithgow, I think the nanny no. is yeah. so over-the-top awful. Like, like John Lithgow's at least is comical. Like, it's so bad. Is it? I think, I think it's, like, comically bad. I think hers is just bad, bad. Like, hers is, like, Community theater bed. Yes. Like, I think hers is just like, this is a nanny. Well, she also has four lines and she's going to get the most out of them. Yes, that's true. Like, this is fair. I just, I think she's the worst part of this movie in a movie. Oh, no, she's terrible. Choices. Like, I hate the nanny. Very specific. (laughs) What I minor detail. What I'm a movie in, that's kind of a mess. <laughs> I enjoy I the, the nanny. What can I say? Don't tell me to do homework when I'm looking at urchins. 
we all have these like visceral hatreds of certain things in this movie and we just keep stumbling on them and they're all in this same 10 minutes somehow (laughs) that lollipop is not puce anyways oh wait we'll get there i'm gonna backtrack a little bit because the contest for assistant head elf had already happened because santa is going through the city on this trip and this is where he's bringing the toys from the winner his slack ass toys so I'm gonna bring us back because this is it's a big deal it's a big deal so back at the North Pole before this Christmas trip Santa was going to pick a assistant who was going to control the means of production like they were going to set up the however they were going to run the uh the toy shop and everybody knows you can't put one person in control the means of production you have to put all the workers all the workers control the means of production Santa doesn't believe that. So he has it between Dudley Moore's character, Patch, whose belief is that we need to, we need to make modernize, modernize. Yeah. Uh, we need assembly lines and this and that. And Puffy. Puffy. It's Puffy who Puffy believes in modern handcrafted artisan toys made by his elf. Um, Puffy now lives in Park Slope. <laughs> or the so South West. They have a montage of Patch building this massive toy making machine that is also just ridiculous because there's like wooden ducks that spin. And but I mean, it's also it's a it's a chi- it's a dream state for a child. Like it's like if you a kid drew a picture of how toys are made, it would be Patch's machine. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and while Puffy and his his gang are making toys the old-fashioned way and so at the end of the contest santa looks at the piles of toys and patch has this giant pyramid of scooters and rocking horses and everything else and puffy has this table um of a few dolls and some trains i don't know (laughs) just a few things and so it goes to patch and what no one had noticed while he was running this giant toy making machine was that as it started to go faster, it started to be, you know, produce shoddier toys. The screws weren't going into the wheels of the scooters. The paint was kind of sloshed on. Um, but the- so it's Santa's fault. He didn't do quality say, control. This is my thing. I was like, why toys. did that motherfucker not look at the toys closer? Because you could have clocked that shit. Should have kicked some tires. That's Santa. right. That's QC. He's fucking up. He's fucking up. Fucker. <laughs> really his fault so with a sleigh full of broken toys santa's in new york where he also he then meets joe can i jump sideways in time to say however that the scene with the children and the toys breaking is my favorite part of this movie i cackled so hard at that when the bus purposely runs over that thing oh my god i laughed my ass off i did too it's such a ridiculous they put three of them into this in one tiny little like half block of a neighborhood they all happen to be there. They all break. Oh my god! They I all see each other. Mo- yes. I, I laughed. That so scene traumatized me as a child. <laughs> I was sad. I was getting so anxious knowing it was coming. Like so, when they show the toys being made, I'm like, Matt, they're going to show the montage soon. And I remember having such strong feelings about it as a little kid because when you're little, like that's the worst thing that could happen after Christmas is that your toys fall apart. Yeah. So it was just like the memory of that. I was just like, I'm like, I'm holding Matt's knee. I'm like. It's going to... Oh, God, here it goes. Um, I scrubbed through that because I got stressed <laughs> oh, out. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I could see it in the small thing, and I was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'll stop now. 
I, I full on Resniak cackled. <laughs> I, I will tell you this. The first two, I'm like, oh, that sucks. That sucks. And then the wagon going underneath the bus, I was like, bah! It's yeah, like, I was gonna say it's the original version of the uh, Sky Dancer. <laughs> just, just the little girl pulls it, uh-huh. just two bounces, and goes into the fireplace. To the yeah. fire, which I laugh about that nonstop. <laughs> but the scene from Santa Claus, the movie, I'm like, oh no, everything's ruined. That poor, poor girl actually had her Christmas ruined, and you're like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Monster! This, this dumb fucking movie. You're like, oh no. <laughs> She's tra- it's 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 trauma, man. <laughs> oh, what was I gonna say? So patch fucks up everything. Yeah, Pat, patch fucks up everything. But during that night, Santa befriends Joe because because he meets him and then like that's another place where you get to see a bit of Santa's magic he shows Joe like how to get down the chimney they use magic he goes he goes for a ride on the sleigh which he I was brings like, randos into other people's homes god damn it Santa he's a lovable orphan scamp urchin whatever you, you want to know him. shit about him <laughs> so I, I want to put a pin in this real quick because this is two things they've now stolen from the Superman franchise um <laughs> One, if you go back to the North Star, I guarantee those are the matte paintings from the Fortress of Solitude that they just dropped the North Star over the top of it. This is going back like 20 yeah, minutes into the movie. Yeah, I agree with that. And now this is just, I think it's pretty much the same footage from when Christopher Reeve flies Margot Kidder around New York. <gasps> <laughs> She's pissed. No, I'm really excited. No, wow, I had not thought about that, but you're right, because isn't it like the same effects house and everything? Yeah, it's That's, all the same Superman yeah, shit. The shitty poem? Oh. Yes, the shitty poem. Can you read my mind? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I can almost put money on the fact they just pulled Superman out and just dropped uh, Santa and Joe in it. Stop. Either that or they did an incredible job of aping it. I don't. Fuck me running. It was the exact same sequence. Well, you know what? I think when you go back to that movie that Christopher Reeve and Margot uh, Kidder do try to do this double super duper looper. So that all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's and, and then, I thought that was a little weird. I was like, I know this from somewhere. She gets scared of heights, shits her pants. <laughs> and that's when the sequence ends. This, the super double looper is some move that Santa has wanted to get the reindeer to do, which is basically, I think, a, just a loop the loop. Just a loop. Just a loop the loop. Torturing those reindeer. Yeah. They what? don't want to do it, Santa. They don't. Don't make them. He gets he, And he tries to get Joe to get him to do it, and they still don't do it. No, because his, his, his ground-bound reindeer doesn't like heights. That's the whole thing. He looks down and, and freaks out twice. I will admit that is something where when we were talking earlier about like the reindeer and how we felt about the reindeer, I have to admit the part of it that actually is closest to disturbing for me is when they feed the reindeer the magic and then like their antlers are lighting up and they're all they, to me, they're screaming about oh. it like like they're. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't like it. They don't like it. <laughs> I literally wrote in my book, um, uh, flying food didn't sound great to eat. <laughs> it also didn't look it. I was like, the puppets are really good and it looks like they're suffering and I really don't fucking like how they look. Yeah. They're like, in general, oh. the, the reindeer get put through some shit in this movie. Yeah. Oh my God. When the one reindeer was like not eating food, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I can't watch this. And I scrubbed through that part. <laughs> 
um, we probably should explain that part a little bit for folks who may not have seen it. Is that because it comes back later in the movie that Santa feeds the reindeer this like reindeer food that's covered in glitter, and the glitter <laughs> is what makes them fly. I guarantee it's not edible. <laughs> that explains a lot for the movie. Exactly, yes. <laughs> so. Oh God, I don't even know where we are anymore. Um, way back. Oh, yeah. we're getting to a very the introduction of a very important character in the movie. Oh yeah, uh, John Lithgow as BZ, who is the owner of BZ Toys. Who, when we are introduced to him, he is uh, in a congressional hearing because of these. His toys have been found to be unsafe, which is my favorite scene of this movie. Oh, it, it is. is. Goddamn, I, I, not mildly unsafe. <laughs> no, it's like he's the. I want to, not even real life, but you know, it's like the worst incarnation of Dan Aykroyd in Earn, Saturday. Erwin Mainway. Yeah, yeah. Erwin Mainway. Immediately thought of. Yeah, it's like bag of glass. Kids yep. love it. Oh, it's fantastic. So it's right on it. the box, not for kids. <laughs> but I wrote so the they bring out uh, some of the toys as evidence against him, and one of them is literally a stuffed panda that they ripped the head off. And at first, I was like, oh, it's just not safe because the head rips off. <laughs> oh but, no, no. And then I'm like, yeah. they turn it upside down and outpours sawdust. I'm like, oh, that's not that bad, but that's horrible. Shards of glass. And I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> and rusty nails. And I'm like, oh, that's especially not good. <laughs> oh, it's phenomenal. Mass-produced toys. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is real bad. And he's Sawdust. sweating. No. Shards of glass. Shards. Rusty nails. <laughs> and screws, too. And, and screws. those are, if you've ever stepped on a screw, I'd rather step on you're, a nail. You're a cuddled one? I'm sorry. If I meant to say, if you've ever stepped on a nail, if you ever stepped on a screw, you'd rather step on a nail because at least you can pull it out straight. Screws, you got to yeah, unscrew yeah, it. Yeah, twist foot. them out. Yeah. Um, by the way, the way we come into it, the first toy they have, it, and this is this is why it's an '80s movie. They they set the doll's clothes on fire by lighting a cigarette and holding the cigarette to it. Because <laughs> you can smoke in the courtroom. Well, that's how they used to prove that pajamas weren't safe for kids. <laughs> well, they shouldn't be smoking in bed. That was that was legitimately John Lithgow's line. It's like, well, well, the kid shouldn't smoke in bed. It's like, fuck, this is great. Lithgow is now the hero of this movie. <laughs> Um, and then we get a little bit more with John Lithgow. They show him back at the office where he's concerned now because this congressional hearing is really messing up business. And one thing we had, his office decor is stunning. Is very much of its time. Yes. <laughs> Everything is brown. Brown. In the, the carpet. And what, you know, what I had from that is it says, the BZ office carpet looks like it feels gross. <laughs> 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 the word moist comes back to mind. <laughs> and the whole floor, there are risers in it. Like you step up and step down. Everything is brown shag carpet, hints of brass and gold. And it looks like it smells like a damp sponge. <laughs> That's, I had to admit, I was like, I don't want this office, but I really want to like photograph in this office. Like, <laughs> I was like, I love this space. It looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's a room that smells like cigarettes forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know what else I was going to say now. Oh, yeah. It, it also looks like the word sleaze. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, but it's... Oh. But he gets a visitor to his office because, meanwhile, at the North Pole... Santa's back in his workshop. It's the beginning of the off season. And all of a sudden, down the giant chimney where they receive all of their mail, come broken toys. 
just broken scooter. I would like broken. to return this to Santa, please. Fuck off. How, yeah, Which, I don't know how that works. You just put it you in here. You stick it in your chimney? Your chimney, you're like, it's I like would a, like to return this to Santa, please take it the fuck back. Thank it's you. It's like a parcel post key, like out of Harry Potter. I, I just picture all sorts of parents, like out in the front yard, just like discus, yeet. And there they go. They just fly into space. Or like maybe Christmas toys, when they throw them in the trash, they magically, you know, you're taken from there. No, I stick with mine. <laughs> I stick with mine. You just love to eat. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> just that dad, when the, the bus hits the wagon, he just picks it up and just yeets it off. Into the- <laughs> so with all the broken Think toys. about how funny that would be. <laughs> just flings it off into space. Some things do go into space, though. <laughs> Don't get out of this. <laughs> I always do. Oh, Christ. So, yeah, he's got a pile of bust, busted up shit at the North Pole. Real busted up. Yeah, and he, well, he goes, to examine what has happened, he decides that he needs to have a... He's going to demand that Patch resign, but Patch comes in and resigns ahead of it. Like, you know, it's like, oh, no, I, I quit. Um, but then, and I don't remember it's that point, later in the movie, the way Patch reflects on this moment is that Santa doesn't like me. Right. That's why this happened. He never liked me. And it's like, no, bud, you fucked up. Yeah. You literally ruined Christmas for everyone because you were rushing and there were consequences to your actions. You didn't have a mom, man. I don't think any of them did. Just sit him down and be like, listen, dude. You fucked up. So really, this is on Mrs. Claus. It's on Mrs. If we're talking about this like this. Well, Mrs. Claus does say, if you give extra kisses, you get bigger hugs. Which is my favorite line from the movie. When did she say that? She's, so she doesn't say she it. She never does. She is quoting. quotes, which almost makes it worse. He uh-huh. goes, well, you know, like what Mrs. Claus always says, if you give extra kisses, you get bigger hugs. So that's problematic because what if she never said that? And we can just digress down into what I just ima- I just imagine her whispering it. <laughs> <laughs> Through the pipes. <laughs> You know, Patch. You know, Patch. <laughs> you get, you get, <laughs> if you give more kisses, you get bigger hugs. <laughs> I think I need to reverse that. <laughs> I'm just worried because also his bed was with the reindeer. So I know, like, I'm the reindeer oh, yeah. getting that oh, message also. The elf beds in general. So they slept in shifts. Did you guys realize that? Yeah. I wondered so, the same spot. Yeah. So um, there was a like, line of elf beds. And they reminded me of like the, the um, dwarves from yeah. Snow White. Yeah. All like little tiny beds all in a row. But they, at the end, they had their name, but it was like on a wooden block. And so when the elves would get up for their shift, as they were wa- marching out, the block would spin and another elf's name would come up. And this is the grossest part of the movie. Because why would you share a bed? Like, somebody else. Somebody else. Are you telling me they don't have a sprawling amount of land? No. That they can just, in the North Pole. In the North Pole. fucking Pole. They have enough room for all them motherfuckers they with their own bed. They can't the place, apparently. Because <laughs> no, they won't listen to Patch. They can't heat the goddamn place. And then you get off work, you gotta go to lay in a bed and it's all damp with somebody else's butt sweat. <laughs> uh, they all seem very close, so I'm sure... <laughs> I'm Close wondering. or gross? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, Patch lived. I would say Patch had a bed with a reindeer. I used to say, but also this is concerning if this is just adding more concern about the m- more kisses and bigger hugs. 
are you thinking there's just like a giant elf fuck pile somewhere? No. Listen, when they open, when they open the skylight, we didn't talk about. Wait, wait, wait. We also didn't mention season greetings. That Santa and Mrs. Claus had like a little fuck tree house, a little birdhouse that they slept in. Gonna be honest, I kind of wanted. Yes, yes. It's like a giant indoor birdhouse. Okay, this is the problem why Adam and I have not found a house yet. We have not found an indoor birdhouse. <laughs> the two of us want. This you, is the problem. You better start whittling some toys so they also can get you. <laughs> or you just have to freeze to death. And somebody will send us there. Listen, when you get a bad back and plantar fasciitis, going down that ladder is going to be an issue. Mm, it's true. That's why none of us have bunk beds anymore. <laughs> That's when you just put a slide in. <laughs> but this is my question. I'm going back to the beginning of the film. What the fuck was season greetings? Because was that the orgy that we're speaking of? Okay, so... Yeah, it's like the back of now. Yeah, that part makes no sense. He's like, ooh, can't, wait till you see season greetings. And again, why wasn't he asking more questions? Because he kept saying, wait till you see it. And I'd be like, bitch, no, tell me what the fuck it is. See, my what reaction is, is Santa What the fuck is happening? You're fucking with my ranger. My ranger is not fucking eating food. Oh, I was like, that wasn't part of Seasons. Seasons Greetings was just all the elves gather in one area of Got the that. North Hole. And they look at a thing. They look, I'm guessing the North Star, the Christmas Star maybe, comes directly overhead. Got it. And then light shines down. So is it energy? Is it like oh, a fucking I don't crystal? Fucking and then giant it, elf fuck pile. That's what I'm saying. The, the snow important? Because like it started snowing. But like does it that snowing make them de- Does it make them live forever? Does it? Is it their immortality? Like, this is what I fucking want to know. I guess I thought it was just like, okay, now it's the start of Christmas. Like, let's now let's go pack the sleigh and it's the big day we've been waiting for that's how i honestly interpreted it in the film the part that did confuse me is that it very much feels like aliens and toy story like the claw like situation <laughs> except instead of coming down to grab them it just shakes off its snow onto them <laughs> like you mean the dandruff it just looked like no, 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 it's star dandruff that's what snow is honestly like that's the scientific term <laughs> snow is, snar- is star dandruff well i'm gonna keep Pretty thinking it first. was the, the origin so anyways back to where <laughs> we were in the to film. everything else you see when you're up at the north pole it's the least interesting so when they're all like wait till season's greetings wait till season's greetings and you're like oh this must be amazing and it's like they stand there's light there's snow and then the old elf. I was going to say that's where Burgess Meredith yeah. comes out, right, and anoints him Santa. It's after that. Yeah, so yeah, it was a little bit after that. It was a little after that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was a part of the same, you know, yeah, policy and procedure yeah. of getting Santa. That's when Burgess Meredith rises from his grave <laughs> <laughs> to speak of the chosen one. <laughs> Hi, sir. Who the fuck are you? And why is everyone bowing their heads to you? Would have been my first statement. <laughs> just watered out of his crypt. You're Santa now, and then he fucks off into space. Why That's- does your beard have pallbearers? <laughs> <laughs> That's. I kept thinking of him as if he was in what we do in the shadows, and they shipped him across the city. <laughs> And opened him up. I'm dead. I'm literally dead right now. We'll listen to the night elf. (laughs) And then he had the balls to be like, bow your head, motherfucker. (laughs) And Santa was like, okay. I feel like we should jump back, though. Santa's like, okay, because that's his default setting. How the fuck it happened? So, Patch, me feeling dejected and not at all self reflective on what had happened, is Santa doesn't like me. Guess I'll leave. 
and it blinks to New York using the similar magic. Oh, he also steals some of the reindeer food. Um, blinks to New York in front of a TV store. And what I love about this is that this is New York when the shades of New York weren't like steel and blue. It was <laughs> New York with shades of like brown. <laughs> Everything was looked dirty. Um, there's just this guy. It was a drunk guy next to him. Yeah, yep, drinking. He, he blinks into existence, does not react looks on the TV, sees uh, John Lithgow's character talking about wanting to make toys again, blinks out of existence, and that's when the guy, like, I think he just looks at his bottle and then just takes another swig and I was like, that's the New York I grew up with. (laughs) (laughs) And then does he apparate in front of the toy store after that? He apparates in front of John Lithgow. That's what he And again, the brown office. Well, doesn't he see all the toys flying off the shelves? Well, he sees the video and then he sees that them remove... He sees them so flying off the shelves, but really that's when they're removing them from the shelves. It's shelf. not a TV store. It's you're right. It's a toy store that had the commercials. He sees the toys that they are t- taking it's out of recall. circulation. It's a recall. And he goes, oh, BZ Toys, they must be flying off the, the shelves. shelves. That's right. Yeah. That's where I should go. <laughs> Wrong again, Dudley Moore. Because <laughs> Patch has the perception of a fucking brick. <laughs> Not that he should. He's been stuck in the North Pole for his entire life. And he's been told that he sucks ass basically the entire time. So, I mean... Which, I mean, that's just being honest with him. Yeah. No, again, what he takes as, he just doesn't like me. (laughs) Oh, God. It's like a dejected dude. Sorry. The the parallel between the incels and the elves is is really... Holy shit. Can't take feedback. It couldn't be more apropos. This will be my thesis. Holy fuck. Can't take feedback. It's it's called a relocation effort. Wait a minute. You know what I just realized? Ben Shapiro. He's an elf. Oh my god. Holy fuck. No elf awareness. (laughs) Excellent. I'm gonna have to hydrate after this. Oh god. <laughs> well, the good news is this podcasting a lot of traffic once this gets out. But the, the bad news is going to be the comments. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Disabled. Yeah, Disabled. yeah, exactly. Never read the comments. It's all good. We love you, everyone. So Pat shows up and John Lithgow's out. Just appears again, and this is another situation where I feel like more questions should have been asked. And John Lithgow's character BZ is a little startled that of. Dudley Moore in a green elf suit. Spins around yeah. claw style. <laughs> um, appears in his office, but jumps on board with it awfully fast. He's desperate, though, so I kind of bought yeah. him de- jumping on it really fast. Plus, he likes money, mm-hmm. and he's desperate, and literally that hearing just happened. So I kind of bought how much he was like, oh, you're like a elf that just fucking apparated and then just, and then came back again and did it again, and yeah, I'd buy whatever the fuck you're talking about. And the big selling point was that Patch did not understand money. <laughs> yes. Because John Lithgow's character is like a businessman snidely whiplash. Yeah. And Patch understands nothing. <laughs> but when I was looking up stuff on the Wikipedia about this movie, because um, I really had never looked into the making of it, what they had been looking for in a bad guy was they wanted the, like they wanted Lex Luthor. They wanted to like Gene Hackman. Shock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so getting crap. this. And like, and it, but it's to 11 now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they broke the knob. The goddamn Salkins just wanted to remake Superman. <laughs> and just drop Santa into it. Instead of a red cape, we got a red suit. You know, I, yeah. Because green's not his color. That's true. 
Oh my god. Oh yeah, did you guys know that patch is the reason that Santa wears red? Another great patch inven- invention. Red. The color red. He's like, no, you look better in red. And I was like, yeah, I was right. <laughs> so, going back to the, the boardroom there where, where BZ is talking to Patch, Lithgow fucking makes love to that cigar and it's disturbing. <laughs> it's also juicy I sounding. I that, yeah. Fuck. He Man, chews on that cigar. cigar more than he does all the rest of the scenes in the movie. <laughs> I've never seen a human being attempt to smoke a cigar like that in my entire life. Oh, it was chewy and it was juicy and it was nasty. It was very wet. Oh. I'm not even going to use the word moist. It was wet. And the plot they put together, and, it, and you have to remember, Patch is coming from it as, I'm going to prove Santa wrong. You know, Santa's going to love, I will make him love me with how great I am. And I'm going to help this toy, this toy, you know, use this toy factory as a way to do it. John Lithgow's coming at from it as I need to make more money and save my business. So they decide that they are going to make a toy for Christmas. They're going to give away for free, but it's not a toy. It's not a toy. It's a lollipop. Which I was real confused. Mm-hmm. That Patch was like, you know what? basically like let me do whatever i'm gonna do don't get in my way and i will give you something that kids will go nuts for and we're gonna give away for free and john lithgow's character's first is like what free like that's the worst thing you can say to a capitalist um but then he's like whoa this would be great we'll give him it's basically then it's the first taste is for free like a drug dealer drug dealer (laughs) mentality he's like we'll get them hooked and they'll just keep coming back and we'll do it in march and it's christmas too (laughs) yeah god that made me happy and then his assistant comes over with the, uh, the, I don't know what you would call them. Samples? Samples, Samples the yeah. glass dildo collection. Yeah. <laughs> the- I did one. I was like, what are those? <laughs> oh, poor Patch. That's why I especially didn't know. I was like, that is not toy material. Well, kind of is. But I mean, not for their purpose. We're just... You know what? We're not going to do Christmas for kids anymore. That's over. We're going to go for target a new audience. But I, I guess you know no, they're, he they're puts prototypes. nails and screws and shit. No, <laughs> they're prototypes for this lollipop. And then he, and then I feel like there was like an offhanded gay joke in there when he was like the, oh, with just, the color. Yeah, he was yeah. like. And he, and what did John Lithgow say? He was like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Or I was like, oh, something like that. And I was like, was that like a gay joke? Yeah, I picked up on that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, is it fuchsia? Whatever. Fuchsia. fuchsia. It's a, a lighter shade of fuchsia? He, he literally said a lighter shade of fuchsia and closer to lavender or something. And I was like, first of all, that's... Yeah. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that about you or something. And I was like... Yeah, because first he's like, of course you'd like that color. Yeah, he said, oh, was like, oh, well, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Anyways. Real men wear puce. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Amen to that. Outside of this Colors movie, are for everybody. Colors are for everybody. Except fucking Patch. <laughs> outside of this movie. Nothing. Yeah, no. Has anybody seen the color of puce outside of this movie? It is actually mentioned in Monsters, Inc., which is the only reason I know what that color is, because I had to look it up after seeing Monsters, Inc., because they mention it. I bet you they mention it because somebody watched this movie. <laughs> oh, is that what you're thinking? Somebody on that team was like, I, you know, it's a funny sounding color, puce, because I loved this movie when I was little. The color puce is actually the door that transitions us between Monstropolis <laughs> and Santa Claus the movie. Oh, my God. Are they in the same universe? Yes. Yes. And. 
Hatch is a Disney princess. <laughs> okay, well, we've gone way Cornelia too far. Cornelia is a Disney princess. <laughs> we've gone way too far. Her nanny is a Disney princess. <laughs> and we've jumped the fucking line. So, it, and also at this point, we are introduced to a connection in this movie that is introduced late in the game. So we, when we first meet Cornelia, we get the understanding that her parents are not present in her life. But then we find out that her parents are dead and she's taken care of by her step uncle, who is revealed in a Dr. Claw type fashion. And with a zoom in with shot. A, with, oh he's God, in a, yes. he is in a, it's like, oh, your uncle wants to see you. Your step uncle wants to see you. He's in his study, goes into the study, big high backed chair on a swivel, turns around, zoom in, hello, John Lithgow that with is a cigar. My favorite shot. Which doesn't this. make any like, sense, first of all, because you hear him talking before she goes in. Uh-huh. And so I was like, it's yeah, not a giant reveal. Yeah. And then they reveal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got that. Yeah, this is why I love that <laughs> shot. It's so telenovela, like over the top. I Dios mio. <laughs> Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, I just wanted to, like, cut after that shot of him, cut back to, like, other people. I don't even know who else would be there. Maybe even just his niece going. (gasps) (laughs) But this is where, as an adult, I have a lot of questions. How do you end up in the care of your step uncle? So did one, like, one of your parents died? You're, and then you're, or they, maybe they both got divorced. So you're already a kid of divorce. And then both of your parents and their new spouses die. So you're left with your stepdad's brother to take care of you. This poor girl, give her all the presents. I walk back my Prince Valiant hair comment because now I feel bad. You know what it was? He got her that haircut. Child abuse. Child abuse. I think the nanny got her the haircut. I think it's just the that nanny thing. Got like, her if you, she no, got a bowl for free. <laughs> No offense to all the good step parents, but I think especially in the 80s, that's how you made a parental figure mean or evil was you added step. Absolutely. I mean, technically, like not even 80s, like we go back to like Cinderella and oh, everything. Yeah. Like it's I feel like it's just it is a it is a trope that has been worn out at this point. Step uncle is just such a <laughs> fucking bizarre But it's so step. on brand for this movie. I think of it's so the step uncle. I think it's so the ending makes you more I think so it's the ending's more comfortable yeah I mean other than him being in space but we can get there when we get there but <laughs> let's not even let's you know let's leave that as a mystery if you want to find out how he goes to space <laughs> buy the movie online it only costs about five dollars also if you have a Roku I was just gonna say I watched it free on the Roku channel just yeah, with a you know some commercial 12 breaks. commercials on it <laughs> well to watch the movie you have to sit through a McDonald's commercial anyway so why not a juicy McDonald's let me wash this down the refreshing Coca-Cola <laughs> Also, did you guys close. notice that Cornelia um, feeds Joe like one would a stray cat? <laughs> yes. She put she the food out, does. looked around, call him. <laughs> Joe, Joe, come here, here you go. Come Boy. here, poor. <laughs> put the food and down. put it on the ground, the ground outside. And that was good china. I was like, bitch, I would have counted my balls and been like, where the fuck is my good china bowl? Take the plate, Joe. <laughs> Take sell the plate it. and sell it. That's probably like a $700 bowl. Yeah, I could have a place to live. It's 1983 New York. It's rent control. I love that at a certain point, Joe is by like a burning barrel of trash. Like it's just every possible trope in this movie. And I think that's why I like it so much is that it's 
it it's not pulling any it's just so sincere like they're just like we're gonna tell this story i do appreciate that some of the things like the what is the name wunderkin nope that's not it <laughs> oh franken bendigo bendigo oh. they kind of introduced it and then they just throw it away and i'm like good i didn't care about that anyways let's just keep moving the story along it really did go in like the midichlorian bucket didn't it yep. <laughs> i could have really done without like the fat shaming um trope Oh yes, I did have that. I was like, ass "Are body we shaming. fucking body shaming fucking Santa?" <laughs> it's 1985. I reminded myself it was 1985, but still, no motherfucking excuse. <laughs> fucking Maybe Santa. Carol tells Santa to fuck off for a while because it just stops caring about him and falls patch completely. <laughs> Santa disappears uh-huh. for a good portion of this movie called Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, because it becomes it, this is Patch's fucking movie, and he's in that bizarro. Fucking seventies Busby Berkeley commercial. <gasps> First of all, please insert the song at this point of the podcast. It's the only good thing about that because that set was terrifying. I did have it. I it's, can I can bring it up it's quick. Terrifying, but it's also funny as fuck. The big creatures they have in the back they're awful so terrible <laughs> everything else is so magical in that movie that is terrible it's literally <laughs> I'm so distracted excellent excellent it is Oh boy. You don't love me, Santa? I'm going to destroy you and everything you love. And I love how they're like <laughs> on also, TV. Also, they never, they never establish that Santa has TV until that fucking moment when they have to see Santa, show Santa seeing this commercial. And I was like, oh, okay, plot says so, so it's going to fucking happen. I wonder if someone threw a TV out by accident and it just ended up there. And what's sad is he had a black and white TV. Motherfucker couldn't even see the color. <laughs> And they spent some money on the colors in that. Thing. They spent some money on the color and the horrible glitter. Fuck glitter, by the way. But so yeah, and so with that, com- I don't understand why they had a commercial. I mean, I guess awareness because the idea was that they're going to give away this puce lollipop that Patch is making, where he's to the concoction he's adding the rain, the sparkles from the reindeer food. So on Christmas Eve, Patch is also going to be delivering these lollipops in this crazy sleigh flying convertible thing that he's crafted and he goes ahead of Santa gets there faster and drops one off for every kid in the world this is where this movie's plot starts to align with Halloween threes (laughs) I had the same thought thank you wait can you please elaborate for those who obviously have not seen Halloween three so Halloween three was a whole thing where it was a uh, a Celtic ritual that was happening and they handed out masks to children and then giveaway yeah it was a big giveaway they all got free masks and then um on was at Halloween night the masks were all activated and killed all the children um what yeah like <laughs> their their heads would melt and then turn into like buckets of snakes and bugs and stuff fuck I'm never watching that film um it's super good it's fantastic yeah. um but yeah so it's basically that but Christmas style nothing's ever free <laughs> nope <laughs> everything has a motherfucking cost <laughs> Listen, Sometimes it's just all that magic bad. comes with a price. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. I took the mic away from you before you could beat him to it. Good. I so forgive you now for not liking this movie. That was enough. I know it's like totally meta to this podcast, but that was enough. 
So the lollipops are dropped under all the trees. Santa is also delivering presents behind Patch. Doesn't see him. He just keeps seeing these weird ass lollipops. And he's like, this motherfucker is yep. his face that he made when he saw the first pop. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that's what he said in his head. Have we brought up that Santa Claus is played by the guy that played the Big Lebowski? Is that a thing that's come up yet? We haven't mentioned that, but yeah. Okay, yeah, because there are a couple times where he yells or makes faces, and you're like, oh, fuck, it's it's Jeffrey Lebowski. Yep. <laughs> and then you can't get it out of your head for the rest of the movie. Excuse me? <laughs> it's the elder Lebowski. The one that, you know... His wife's uh, toe? Yeah. <gasps> what? <laughs> I didn't realize it until this viewing when Matt said it, and I was like, get out. I w- is that what... I was like, why does this man look so familiar? I should have yeah. just looked up his See, goddamn IMDb. He doesn't look familiar. He sounded familiar. Well, that was the thing. That's what kept me in on it. Because he yelled at one point and I went, oh shit, that's the big Lebowski. That That's Jeffrey Lebowski. And then that's all I heard for the rest of the movie every time Santa talked. Why did Meg failed me? I said, is there anything fun I should know about this film? God damn it. Oh my God. Now I, I'm not rewatching this, but like. No, you don't have to. But now just review it in your head and go, oh shit, that was Jeffrey Lebowski. Damn it, that's fun. So, running in the theme of weird shit happening and no one really having an appropriate reaction to it, as kids eat these lollipops, they float. Not the lollipops, the children, or in the case of the Nanny. sad step uncle household where the little girl. Um, I said Veronica, that's not it. Corny. Uh, Corny. Corny. Corny was like, I don't want that lollipop. And then Nanny's like, well, I'm not going to let it go to waste. And she houses it and then just starts. Houses it. She bites it, I'm pretty she sure. Bites, she bites all of it except for one piece. And I said, bitch, what about your teeth and your gums? She's a witch. That's a, she fucking Tootsie Popped it. <laughs> a one, a two, a three. I'm floating. <laughs> and... Every, instead of being horrified or being what's in this people are like yes we want more of these because I want to fucking float or fly <laughs> are we floating or flying it, it's Float. floating at that point okay because yeah. you can't do your directionals there's, okay no. yeah there's no propulsion you're hovering there's all that weird, so there's <laughs> like a so nerds. the upsetting part another upsetting part is in the montage of children floating like at one point a little boy floats up to get the cookies off the top of the fridge mm-hmm. but another point like a teenage girl is holding hands with an eight-year-old who's floating at her height i know that like, was it's like they're on a date i was like and doesn't she say you're hot or you're attractive or something i she didn't says, realize you were this tall or something, or something like that Ew. and i was I like i never noticed you were so cute it's where it's I was like, like Ew. It's, yeah I was like, yeah 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 I was like, that's not cute. Gross. Gross. Oh, I assumed they were siblings, but I'm not, I don't know. Well, Matt, that makes it worse. Immediately <laughs> <laughs> makes it worse. I think that's worse than assuming that the clauses die in the beginning and then this is all a dream. <laughs> what do you mean assuming? That fucking happened. Yeah, that, that's they, yeah, Santa Israel text. died. So the, the children are floating and everyone is thrilled. This wouldn't this wouldn't happen now. People no. worry about what's in, you know, vaccines. Vaccines. <laughs> a little load of Christmas candy. Christmas like, candy that appears under the tree for free. A candy from a stranger that makes you float. Someone who broke into your home. Yep. Put it under your fucking tree. Because they make a point that it's not from Santa. It's from Patch. Who's this new motherfucker on the on the streets? Who's not even taking a paycheck? Weirdo. <laughs> and with that, because also since they took out the one minute commercial 
worldwide, but only the night before. So you had to have just caught that minute on television on Christmas Eve, whenever they aired it. So you, know. you couldn't possibly have been doing anything else. And otherwise, you would have no concept of where that lollipop showed up there from. Were no, there were no DVRs. <laughs> you know, classically, everybody gets together on Christmas Eve and huddles around the TV and just sits there and watches it all night. That's, I, was, I hope we get an important message tonight. <laughs> So then they have a big press conference after this, and it's with BZ and Patch, and then a bunch of reporters, and they're kind of asking what's next. Um, and they're like, we're working on it. We're figuring out phase two. And BZ's like, BZ's like oh, it's all natural stuff that's in it. Yeah, people are like, Patch, what's in it? Yeah, Patch is about to be like, it's bull, you know, shit that you give the reindeers and make them fly. <laughs> because you know, this is where adults do have questions, but it's just a shouting press conference. And another thing that struck me as far as how, like, what Hatch knows and doesn't know, he didn't understand the concept of money. But when a reporter yelled, what about the congressional hearing? The minute he's back behind closed doors with BZ, he goes, what was that about a congressional hearing? I was like, you don't understand currency, but you understand our politics. politics." He learned a lot in that two weeks or three days. I'm not sure how much time passes in this movie. Because at some points we skip from Christmas to Christmas and then we're kind of dragging from Christmas to Christmas too. I mean, we did go over 400 years and 20 minutes so there's no uh there's no sand anymore i can't tell yeah like i said i had to research roman numerals because i've forgotten them <laughs> well no i knew what the roman numerals was but i forgot when like eyes in front of the x what the fuck that means so anyways so the plan they come up with to top this christmas because it's been a wild success is that they are going to do a second christmas they can't wait until next christmas they have to strike while the iron is hot says BZ. So they're going to do Christmas 2 and they're going to have it on March 25th. <laughs> Three months of production for whatever the next thing is going to be and it can't be the same. So what does Patch suggest? Radioactive. Radioactive candy cane. Can't do lollipops again. Let's make a candy cane. Wow, so different. <laughs> Patch is now the CEO of Apple. <laughs> <laughs> But Patch at this point also wants to go back to the North Pole. He feels like he has shown Santa up. Santa must love him now. So he wants to leave. And John Lithgow's busy seems okay, relatively okay with this, but he does ask that what before you go, make these candy canes and make them super ass powerful. Like double, triple what you did on this one. People loved it, so they clearly just want more. They want to go higher and higher and higher. I was going to sing and I stopped myself. We can't afford that. I know. I keep telling myself we can't. Yeah. See, I can curse now, but I can't sing songs. Yeah. One day when we have that big podcast money, you can, you oh. can sing whatever song. But Fuck one day. Okay. That's all we got for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's I going to say? How does Joe end up in the basement? I'm trying to remember this. Um, He they oh. threw a bunch of pancakes down there. <laughs> He came to her window soaking wet. <gasps> he was sick. And he was sick. And then he climbed somehow in his wet clothes, climbed a drain. That's right. And she, and then they cut to another scene and then they cut back and she was, they were in the basement and he had a fever. That's right. He had a fever. And well, then her uncle gets, comes home, is awake. And so she moves him to the basement or sets up the basement so he can sleep there, right? He sleeps there. And yeah. then they were going to go get something to drink. But prior to that, it's like, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning because the uncle gets woken up by his assistant person, our lawyer. And he comes in. He's like, oh, my God, I got to tell you something. He's like, motherfucker, it is three o'clock in the That's goddamn right. morning. Why are you waking me up? He goes, I got something to tell you. And he goes, tell me slash wait, hold on. 
Um, and then the the uh, assistant's like, "Are you alone here?" And I was like, "Yeah." And that's when I first figured out that it was his niece because uh, apparently I hadn't been paying attention. He goes, "Yeah, it's just my niece and uh, my step niece, my step niece and her nanny, and her and her nanny, and they're asleep because it's three o'clock in the morning." And he goes, "Okay, let's in, let's go into the kitchen." Then in the kitchen, you shoot down to the basement, hear that, and then they go up to go get something to drink, and then they start overhearing what um, the lawyer and Lithgow are saying. We've we've run into a liability issue at BZ Toys. Yes, we have. Because he's like, listen, y'all. Um, so I had the the lawyer friends like I saw that patch made all the candy canes. They were in the refrigerator. I then took them out of the refrigerator for some reason. I don't remember, even though I literally just saw this film not even an hour ago. Um, move them right next to a radiator for some reason. And that's where you store things. That's that's where you store things. The radiator in the lab. Candy next to a source of heat. Always good idea. Always a good idea. Even if God forbid that candy cane didn't have some weird shit in it. And guess what? The lab doesn't exist anymore because they exploded. So we have a liability issue because P.S. If these get near any heat, they're going to explode and people are going to die. And I'm pretty sure during this conversation, they just keep cutting back to the factory with Patch just making more of them. Uh, they only did that once. once? Okay. Yeah, and that was when you saw him making it before. But my favorite part of this, though, is that my assumption slash understanding based on what they have set up here is that the lab is in the building with the factory. Maybe it's not. It totally could be somewhere else. They but like, a lab, they don't. don't we don't. They don't show it. But they mention. First, that the lab has exploded, yep. and then secondly, that Patch slept through it. <laughs> yeah, I then you later on go and that he was in the the factory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, are are they not the same building? Well, is Patch okay? Patch is just a grease spot. <laughs> if Patch had to sleep in the in the stall of the reindeer in a giant workshop where they are making toys, what we've determined now is around the clock they slept in shifts. I bet he's a deep sleeper. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Too many assumptions. Fair bet, but too many assumptions. So now I'm just imagining Mrs. Claus yelling at the end of the bed. If you give more kisses, (laughs) you get better hooks. Wake up. This also explains why he mentioned trying to invent the alarm clock. <laughs> huh. Nothing can arouse him from his eternal slumber. Arouse? <laughs> Damn it. Gross. Only Anya Claus. And her whispers. Is this why he's trying to invite... Not invite. And trying to, like... In, invent. Invent. Thank you. Pipes? There's a whole thing here. This joke is dead now. <laughs> R.I.P. that joke. <laughs> You're like, and it died. It froze to death. I I see where you're going, but it was a long way to get there. (laughs) Needless to say, um, (laughs) they're, uh, what's his name? Joe then has this, I was like, this motherfucker better not sneeze. And what happened was he sneezed. So then John Lithgow found out he was there and snatched that boy right up. But before that, she then, Corny then hid She's a fucking horrible friend. She's the worst Worst friend. friend. She's like, motherfucker, under the bus, because you ain't supposed to be here. Really, what you should have done is hid the guy who's not supposed to be in the fucking house. Your ass should have been in the basement, you she dumb bitch. running down those stairs. He's not going to catch up with me. He's got pneumonia. Ducking <laughs> behind the, like, canned goods. The canned goods. And goes, la, la, la. The guy's not supposed to be here who technically broke into the house. And the lawyer guy goes, oh, don't worry. We'll take care of this kid. And up to this point, when we're watching the movie, I'm running like, 
you know, I think I can show this to our four-year-old. And I was like, oh no, they're threatening that kid with murder. Yeah. <laughs> not safe for my four-year-old. He doesn't know the concept of like kid, anything bad can happen to kids. Yeah, let's, and this is not how we're introducing it. No, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 killing consumption boy is not the way we want to introduce that. <laughs> consumption boy. <laughs> but then they take Joe to the same factory area that patch is in and they just handcuff him to a boiler and say if you make any noise gonna murder you <laughs> point blank i mean and then they, they do the, like the ha- the handkerchief tied around his mouth as the gag which just doesn't work <laughs> she's tried it she's <laughs> just trust me on this one i wake up every time <laughs> Pillows next. Thankfully. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Learning and growing. It's a totally healthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's consensual. It's all that matters. Uh-huh. Um, so then we're also... And then what's her name? Corny. God, I want to say Corny Collins. And it's just not the right thing. It's wrong movie. It should be. Let's that would write be great. Wrong movie. I'm looking at you, Matt, too. Let's write that fanfic, that crossover. <laughs> um, Shout out to KP. Here it is. Santa Claus, the musical hairspray. It's the fanfic corner. <laughs> fanfic corner. Oh, that's right. Nobody was here to do the fanfic corner. Huh? This doesn't exist. But Cornelia... Right, Corny now knows the the what her uncle is up to. Yeah, and I have to believe she knows he is evil from the be- from the this. jump. Yeah. He spins around Just, in his chair. I was gonna yeah. say his voice, his haircut, his teeth, his she, eyes, his cheekbones. She's seen his face. She knows well, if, that he's. If up she to no saw good. that Senate subcommittee thing with the panda full of glass, I hope she would have been like, "Oh man, he gave me that last Christmas. I should probably not touch it again." Um, she, she seems writes, astute. She writes a letter to Santa. Saying, hey, your buddy Joe is in trouble. They're going to murder him. And also, ha- there's these candy canes that are exploding. <laughs> Need help. <laughs> Send help. I don't remember what happens next. I just saw this film an hour ago. <laughs> the, the, the part that from this point on, I feel like it speeds through so much plot that earlier in the film, it was like, I'm going to take 35 minutes just to like have a bunch of people stare at space. But like, <laughs> but now it's like, we got to fit through all this plot because we paused it because we were like, there's only like 20 minutes left. Mm-hmm. And we were like, and at least five of that at least is credits. So we're like, they're going to fit so much plot in in the last 15 minutes. I, I, I can't even tell you. None of it makes a lick of goddamn sense. Is that no. Right? It's like they realized yeah. the entire audience had to piss. <laughs> oh, shit. We gotta wrap this up real fast. Yeah. Like... Because, yeah, it's one thing after another, like you are saying. Patch rescues him. Well, he, look, he goes... So Patch has hidden the magic reindeer dust in a file cabinet. <laughs> yes, that's right. Just a f- abandoned file cabinet. And the, the top of it, dumbass. Like in, you do. In the basement. And while he's going to get it, he hears... And goes behind the boiler and finds a boy there. Which let's stop for a second and just appreciate the fact that a whole different movie. He had that perception to to understand that there was something bad happening. Well, he didn't know. He didn't even know something terrible was really happening until he undid the uh, the 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 gag on him. And Joe, understandably, starts like, "You're ruining everything, and Santa fucking hates you, and you're going to destroy Christmas." And instead of going. Why were you tied up, little boy? He starts defending himself. Again, what happens at the North Pole? Like, we're just going to leave the North Pole. He... Yeah. <laughs> Fucking patch. 
Patch cares about one thing, and that is Patch. And that is Patch. <laughs> Dudley Moore was the first person attached to this movie, by the way. And he had a hand in writing it. <gasps> yeah. That is awful. What the <laughs> fuck was he doing? Named Patch after his son. What? Yeah, I'm trying to think what the... Ollie was the original name for the elf, but then he wanted to name the, uh, name the elf Patch because it was a nickname for his son, Patrick. Okay, that's adorable, but fuck. Yeah. But <laughs> so, he made him the worst elf ever. So. Exactly. Yeah. Happy birthday, Patrick. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> he was a character. I named after you, and he's an awful character. He literally <laughs> ruins Christmas. He's the drizzling shits that wrecks Christmas. <laughs> so at this point, they need to... So Escape. Joe yeah. and Patch are on one mission, and Corny and Santa are on another mission. So Santa, you know, gets her letter and takes the reindeer who are very tired. They make sure to point that out. It's only March. The reindeer haven't had their full, you know, 11 months of recovery before Fucking Christmas. Fucking animal abuse. God damn it. Um, but they still, he, ta- he gets them all together, get, gets down to New York, sparkles into her room. <laughs> that's how I describe that effect. Yeah. When Santa, that's how Santa fits down the chimney. He just turns into sparkles and appears at the other end. Touches his nose. Yep. Lay a finger up to the side of his nose and up the chimney he goes. Um... <laughs> Night before Christmas. I know. Which, which he did appreciate earlier in the film. Yeah. And that's when they fat shamed him. I, he did no, that's not right. appreciate no. it. No. <laughs> he appreciated the idea that someone wrote a poem right. about him. Uh, until he heard the fat shaming and then he went, oh, <laughs> no, this is kind of fucked up. But I was also like, you know what? Embrace your bowl of jelly. Exactly. You're the one he, The story the didn't fat shame him. The fucking elves and his, and his wife. wife did. This is what I have to throw out here, though. He accepted everything up until the point they're like, hey, Pudgy, what the fuck? And then he was like, no, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? You're immortal. You, the time stops around you. I'm good. Cool. Everything's dope. Hey, you're looking a little chubby. What the fuck? That's the thing. At that point, I was like, not only have we already said you're the chosen one, literally, like all these other elves are at your like beck and call and command. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, P.S. Maybe not so many cookies. Eat celery. On a plate with like, nothing. Like I said, eat shit, you fuckers. <laughs> like, you gave up on that real quick. To be first, it's, it's how dare you? <laughs> first, first of all, fuck my drag. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> give me that green suit back. <laughs> Second of all, you, Cloth you, and you, you get fucking exiled, motherfuckers. <laughs> Next motherfucker tells me I can't eat a cookie, you're gone. <laughs> you go outside and this magical city disappears and you can't see it because you don't believe in magic anymore. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> you lose good day sir <laughs> I said good day sorry Jesus Christ <laughs> so any hoozles two separate missions <laughs> Patch and Joe realize what BZ is trying to do so they need to pack up all of the what they so Joe doesn't know they explode None of them. No, n- no. Neither of them know. So neither Dudley but, but, nor him. But 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 Corny does. Joe, Corny does. Joe was captured before that was released. Before that was before released. That. So that's why you're like, oh shit! Why are they sticking all the fucking candy canes? Because he's like, we gotta get back to North Pole. Uh, Santa's gonna be able to take a break because they're gonna give out all these candy canes for mm-hmm. Christmas. He's gonna be able to take a vacation. Shoves them all into the back of the car. But guess what? The back car is the fucking engine yeah. where all the Put heat these by is. The heat source. Put it by the heat source. Oh shit! We were just told that that is not good. And they start driving off and the next thing you see is corny co- <laughs> put these valuables in the trunk and don't close it 
and then, <laughs> close it. And then as we make our flying getaway and go upside down many times and yet nothing will fall out. And they're like, I, said, I saw, oh, I was like, good, they're going upside down. Bitches, nothing's falling out. I said, fuck gravity, I guess, and physics. And then so gravity she, will follow you. Fucking A. So then um, Santa and Corny are then trying to chase them down because, and then Corny, in case you forgot what had happened, says, oh my God, yes, Joe and Patch don't know that they'll explode when they're near a heat source. And we're like, yes, Corny, we fucking got it. But thank you. So then Santa's driving his tired ass reindeer after this magical flying car. And they repeat it again in case you forgot. Oh, yeah. By the way, they haven't had enough rest. It's only March. So they're a little tired. They're down to. I say they're down to. Also, I don't know if at this point it is March. It might just be a couple weeks later, I think, that they say. Like, I think it's still. Yeah, January. it's not like Christmas, too. Okay, we haven't gotten to Christmas. Yeah, no, yet. but. My- oh, that's right. He says it's it's, it's not even March. You're right. It's, but my point is, in that case, it's like those reindeer are used to an 11 and a half month rest and they have had like 10 days yeah. <laughs> and they all have the flu yes yeah because they established that yeah because they have the thermometers that are curled which make no sense <laughs> of all the things in the movie that makes no sense i must have missed that slash don't remember those, you pointed that out those thermometers are in a loop-de-loop <laughs> a super duper double looper if you will my only th- I was going to say my only thought about that because I was confused by them too but when he was in one of their mouths it kind of looked like it was his nose and I was like maybe it was a reference to Rudolph um, maybe I'm reaching okay. on that one because I, everyone is giving me blank there, look there needs to be some sort of reference to Rudolph because he doesn't fucking for that, appear. And then that kind of, I was like oh maybe and then yes. I realized they can't because that's like a copyrighted thing they yeah. can't throw him in yeah Rudolph is owned by Montgomery Wards. Did you know that? I did not. Thank you for sharing. One of their ad guys wrote the whole story and they sold it. Smart asses. (laughs) Not a smart ass, but like smart and they have asses. So then I'm just moving us along. I feel like I have to do that sometimes. It's like freaking nothing but trouble oh, all wait, over again. Wait, before we, when I have to something the I just remembered that when so in when we're seeing Patch work on making the candy canes, which is he's just basically manning a station on this machine that makes them. Do you, do you guys catch what he was reading? The elf rule book, which I was like, this is a little fucking late for you, dude. <laughs> Was he trying to get back into Santa's good graces while he was making these candy canes? Is that what that was? I hope that shit was marked up like a textbook. Like, oh, we highlight this. Don't make shitty toys. Got that. Don't undermine Santa. (laughs) Be an actual decent human slash elf being. Don't get ahead of your elf. (laughs) Always be closing. I'm sorry. Cobbling. A-B-C. Always be confident. That is tattooed across Puffy's chest. I know it. <laughs> um, so First yes. place, steak knife. Second place, slay. Third place, you apparate in New York and work for John Lithgow. Who <laughs> uh, would care about you always be closing? So, and jumping back forward, they're in this chase. Santa and Corny are trying to get ahead to catch Patch and Joe before the candy canes explode. And we know they're getting close to exploding because they keep glowing red. Because they keep, like, and steaming or smoking. And there's only one move that can save them. Super duper pooper scooper. Say it. Super cooper looper duper. Super califragilistic. SPL. Super duper looper. Super duper pooper scooper. <laughs> Super duper looper. 
when we watched this, Adam and I both literally, like, when they were like, we have to do this, catch them, we just gotta do the loop. And when they got where the sleigh is underneath the car, Adam and I both went, ugh. Because it's done. Now. done. You've Mission done. accomplished. Why are you still going? Because they literally had to go past them, underneath them, yep. to then go up and around behind them. So at that point, the car explodes and they're falling out of it. And I was like, so, so you're going to wait till they die? No. I think what Santa wanted to do is like, I need, show off? I need to put the fear of God in him. Yeah. And I think it's Patch, not Joe. Joe's an innocent bystander. But who also gets the fear of God put yeah, in him. Yeah, but it's like, you know, you, you, you gotta crack There's a couple eggs. You gotta crack a couple eggs. Santa's fine with it. He's like, an orphan. So no one, it. no one will miss him. <laughs> this whole movie is just fuck Joe. <laughs> exactly. It it kind of is because also this comes back to the fact that I'm like not to like shit on Santa's whittling skills like but in this case we know he's an orphan like we know that like he's getting the flu out in the cold okay Santa apparently can check in on people when he wants to also he got beat up for t- t- belie- like believing yes. in Santa and like you know yep and on the first time yeah and the first time Santa meets him Santa's like okay I'll see you in a year not nah, ooh hope you survive a year on the streets of New yeah, York in the 80s the or but, hey I literally work at a place where there's like 24 beds right like that's the thing there's so many things Santa could have done for him and the first time he's like okay good luck then he's like there are a lot of things you could possibly use to make your life better I whittled you a log like and in the I whittled you a portrait of my shittiest elf right (laughs) exactly like literally and then he's like you know what Maybe we'll just let him explode a little bit and just see how this treats this orphan. Oh, and I totally forgot the whole reason why Patch was like, oh, I guess I can go back to the North Pole is because when he found Joe, Joe had the whittled uh, yeah. figure and it turns out it was Patch that he had whittled. He was like, oh, Santa does love me. Fuck this. Let's go back to the North Pole. Again, no lesson learned. Because when you go back, when that when Santa makes the gift for Joe, he makes, he goes, I've made this 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 little toy for Joe and, and Mrs. Claus goes, oh, that kind of looks like Patch. And Santa's like, oh, I guess it kind of does. He didn't do it on purpose. It's just like he He's like, to- oh, I guess that's a As much as elf. a wood car, a rustic wood carving can look like Dudley Moore, I guess it does. <laughs> it looked about as much like Dudley Moore as the sculpture in the Hello video looked like Lionel Richie. <laughs> Valid. Valid. Anyways, we can move back forward. <laughs> And then when does it happen? This is some Rashomon shit we're on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a knife? So um, the, the authorities, I think maybe based on the explosion at the laboratory, are closing in on BZ, right? I, I wasn't sure if it was the explosion or the fact that uh, Corny says I called the cops, but I don't know if they'll believe me. But yes, either because yes, of yeah. Corny, just a random girl calling, plus an explosion maybe, but so many cops show up. And I was like, which is fine because yeah. clearly like worthwhile. Yeah. But also I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. I was like, how did the cops get involved? Was it was it because that child called the cops? Or is it like, I don't understand why everybody named Mom was showing up and why they were arresting his lawyer and yeah. what I thought was a cop. And then I was like, oh, shit, I guess the person grabbing the kid was actually one of his uh, driver. driver. And I was like, oh, he was one of his like goons. Someone's like, why does Long Island smell like smoke? <laughs> <laughs> 
So then, like, they arrest him, and then he's like, oh, they're not getting my ass. Fuck this shit. And it just cram the fucking candy canes in his mouth, because he's like, fuck you, asshole. If you thought he was making sweet love to the cigar, you've not seen John Lithgow eat a candy cane in a hurry. Um, Six candy canes, because he didn't just eat one. He went, like, cookie monster style on a handful of candy canes, which I'm like, fuck your face, because you would be cut up in your gums, you'd be cut up in your face, because those were not soft candy canes. Do you think what happened was what he intended to happen? No. So what did he think was going to happen? I think he... he, Did he think he was going to explode? Or... Fly. I think he was going to... I think he thought he was not only going to be able to float, because I don't think he saw anybody float. I think he figured when he put that in his mouth that he was going to have propulsion... Superman zoom. And be able to fly away. I don't think he thought he was going to ass fly all the way up he floated up into the sky like a balloon you know accidentally let go by a child at a county fair (laughs) and you're just like oh that's sad and i'm like oh the only way to go is up and there's no oh that motherfucker's going to space it's like the opposite of a disney villain because they usually get thrown off something and they they just disappear into the darkness and you kind of maybe sometimes hear a thud john lithgow just goes floating into the gray sky And I don't even remember what he was saying. He said a line as he was going up, and I don't remember what it was now. We all have our faults. Mine are in California. No, no, it's like so there. <laughs> I was like, that sounds about... Nope. It's a good line Very from good. that movie. Uh, which my fondness for that movie probably explains my fondness for this movie. You are a Sulkin Wonder fan. <laughs> I like Superman movie. I do not like this. But I- <laughs> Superman movie. And then it has I, its charm. And then I questioned Kara when I first got in here because I wrote specifically down here. Um, uh, did they kidnap the kids at the end? Um, but listen, so I asked her, and this makes sense. So, so at the end, then go back. So Santa then takes both Joe and Cor- Joe. No, I was right. right. Joe and Corny takes them to um, Santa's. Uh, What's it called? Where are they? North Pole. Thank you. I was like, his house? <laughs> his home. Whose house? <laughs> Santa's house. Um, his town home. His large town home. His condo. His condo. His brownstone. <laughs> the condo board's a bitch. Um, Here goes Santa <laughs> to his old brownstone. That's as much as we can do as that. Yep. Um... And all of a sudden, I always got the kids there. And in my head, I'm like, oh, they're probably going to keep Joe because he doesn't have anybody that's going to miss him, do they? And then all of a sudden, they're like, that's, she's like, oh, can Corny stay? going to keep this one. No one will miss it. And then he's like, oh, can Corny stay? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Corny can't stay because there's people who's going to miss her ass. And then they're like, mm, she's going to stay, too. And I was like, oh, shit balls. Okay. So I came up to Karen. I was like, Karen, how are they? Who is it? she gonna be missed by somebody and i was like oh and i said absolutely not <laughs> because homeboy's up in space and i guess the nanny's like i guess i don't have a fucking job anymore She's taking everything that isn't nailed down, down and getting out of there if not just saying i live here now i would fucking take that house no, the, over the government's gonna seize it the senate oh. is already investigating this they're That's gonna right. seize all the assets She's got to pack her bag and move away. I would just steal shit then, right she, in my bag. She's established she does not care about that child. She's Absolutely. walking out the door. She's opening an orphanage. There's going to be a little redheaded girl <laughs> and a dog and a bald guy. Fan fiction crossover. 
<laughs> but by the same producers because they had to get another like <laughs> they wanted like an evil bald guy. And they're like, no, we did that. We did that. Like a good. So, bald yeah, guy. we're gonna make him a good bald guy. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. I really want Gene Hackman to be Danny Warbucks now. So Sienna pr- proposes the kids stay there, and they're like, "Yeah!" And then the and I guess the other guy's not the head elf, but he's kind of like I don't know. He reminds me of oh, I'm spacing on the name, like the head of the household in Downton Abbey, like the head butler. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like the bald guy from uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Oh, Varys? Varys, yeah. first, you know first of all. Okay, no, I'm okay with that. He is very much like a Varys. Oh, Jigglypuff. No, that's not Jigglypuff. No, that's not Jigglypuff. Wait. Are you sure that's not Jigglypuff? No, I'm pretty Jigglypuff sure that's Jigglypuff. Was the prostitute. Was the prostitute. Oh. oh I'm sorry. Can we um, <laughs> talk about what we're talking about? Matt, what is, Matt has his own names for all the Game of Thrones characters that are not actually their names. And I was going to say, what the fuck does Jigglypuff have to do with Game of Thrones? I don't know what his name was. It might have been Whispers. So I think it was Whispers <laughs> and Buttons. <laughs> I'm so done. He, he's like, oh, on top of toy making and record keeping, now I guess I'll have to be a school teacher. teacher yeah. And it's the perfect, oh, man. The yeah, and they're like, oh, the I guess we have to get a fucking education, too. And I'm like, do they? If they're going to live at the North Hole for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Let's reflect on this. They That's, actually need a vocation. They just, yeah, they just need to go. You know, they're going to be in trades, yeah. Trades. They need the trades. So just throw him in there with the holes. He'll figure Joe it out. Joe has already gotten his education on the streets, so he is fine. He knows how to cut a bitch, so. <laughs> so basically, Santa just press gang these two children into sweatshop work. <laughs> Aren't and you just a kind The soul. final shot of the movie, though, <laughs> is one of my favorites. Talk to us. Talk to us. Talk to you. So the last time we saw BZ, he was floating up into the sky. And that just continued, apparently, well into the darkness of space. Into the fucking void. And what pieces were with him? It was the car that blew up. Because <sighs> they blew up so hard, apparently, they also made it into orbit. They also projectiled themselves into orbit. It was the, it was the Patchmobile that blew up. And I honestly was space, confused. Yeah. I was like, are those, is that broken toys? Like, how the fuck did they get up there? The car makes more sense. Okay. So dad just yeeted them out into space. <laughs> And that's the closing scene of the movie is just seeing him. And I'm like, I kind of, we were watching it and he's just getting further and further away. And I was like, at what point does his head explode? <laughs> I was like, why isn't his body crystallized and yeah. explode already? These are my questions. I needed that if all of a sudden he just got sucked into the Phantom cold. Zone. <laughs> and we know they have the stuff for that effect because of the beginning of the movie. Get that icy makeup back out. Paint him up. Let's go. Paint his ass up. <laughs> Can I blow your mind? Do it. Do you know who their first choice was for the was BZ talk character? Yeah. All right, I won't step on you. Oh, no, no, okay, I talk, no. Go ahead. Go no. for it, Anne. The first director they approached for Santa Claus the movie was John Carpenter. Oh, that's not even. I was talking. Really I would have been all over that. that. Oh, no, that's you, a, you go down this road. About yeah. the first director they what? approached for this, John Carpenter. What? Yeah, and they they passed on him because he didn't like the story treatment they gave him. He wanted to write his own script. He wanted Final Cut, and he wanted to do the score. <gasps> I I want to see that I, version yes, of this I so desperately, desperately. Want to see whatever Santa Claus movie John Carpenter would have made. When we get also, stuck, no, go. I love the other awesome fact about that was that he already had an actor in mind for Santa. It was Brian Dennehy? Yes, wow. okay, That's just incredible. Dennehy as Santa, and this would have been about the time he made Starman. Because he, he passed on this, and then he made Starman. Yeah. yeah. So holy shit, would that have been great? Yeah. That's 
Could have been. When we what get if? sucked into our alternate timeline, this is going to be my first question now to ask to watch. Be like, hey, do you have the Carpenter Santa Claus the movie in this timeline? Because I need it. Can I sweeten the deal on this? Sweeten it. Do you know who they first approached for BZ? Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> you said this was in 85? <laughs> Yeah, so this would have been right after Jedi. Jedi. Do you want to hear the other folks who they wanted before we got John Lithgow? Dustin Hoffman? Naturally. Burt Reynolds? Mm. Johnny Carson. What? (laughs) The real Noted film actor, Johnny Carson. (laughs) Well, we know he can do characters. And what they say is that John Lithgow was settled on after he uh, Salkin watched Terms of Endearment and realized what? that he had a Grinch-type look to him, which is very accurate. It is solidly accurate, especially with them teeth and that cheekbone. Better Grinch than Jimmy Carrey. I would almost say in this movie that John Lithgow has the kind of cheekbones that ben, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch dreams of. Yeah. He has really good cheekbones. He has really great Benjamin cheekbones. Benjamin Button Benjamin Button Batch. <laughs> What did I write? Uh, no. Uh, what did you guys just say? And it made me think of something. Put oh. me down in history as the first person to stumble over that person's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the the soundtrack. Oh wait, who was oh. the actor you were really excited about, Matt? When you saw it was considered for one of the elves. Oh God, Patrick Troughton was supposed to be one of the elves. What? Yeah, the second Doctor. Because they were trying to find short Short actors. (laughs) God's honest truth. They cast Dudley Moore and went, who else is British and short? Short. (laughs) So it was him and David Jason from um, Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Yeah. It still amazes me this was shot at Pinewood. And you think of all of the movies that were shot at Pinewood Studios. Like Jedi. (laughs) Like Jedi. Harrison's still around. Get him in here. Get him in, in a suit. He was just here. He's yeah. naturally He's, grumpy. He'll be great for this. He knows the the floor layout of this place. And he showed he up somebody with his, who hates fun. His saucepan full of hash. <laughs> Took a big rip off of it and went, yeah, I guess. Um, side note. Uh, can we talk about the sound check really quick? Oh, please. Um, how a wrecking mess it is. <laughs> And how I feel like they're like, we want something, I don't know, John Williams-esque. Let's do a, a knockoff of this motherfucker. Get me Spielberg. <laughs> so. I want a, I want a, I want a Spielberg film with a John Williams score, but we don't want either of those things, but make it fucking happen. And the thing is, Matt, they brought in Henry Mancini to do it. Yes, I wrote that down. Yep. Of here, go for it. Of 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 all composers, they brought Henry Mancini, who uh, we know from the Pink Panther theme and Moon River of all possible what? things. Yep, that's yeah, that's Henry Mancini. Now, to be fair, I'm going to just backtrack a, sl- a second yeah. and be like, I don't think it's a bad score. So it has moments in it that I really really like. Yeah, yeah, it's just wreck. It has it has soft and beautiful. It has soft and beautiful moment, and that's it. What 
what I think is fascinating about because there are there are parts of it I really really like. Um, I don't like all of it, but there are parts I like. But what I found was weird in my score research on this is that so when they first put it out, they only put out twenty six minutes of it for this two hour long film. Like the entire soundtrack release was twenty six minutes of it. Was it only a few select pieces, or was it shortened versions of pieces? It was a mix of things. There was a couple like album recordings of it, but it's because they had to put all the songs on there, so they only had so much uh, score. Those songs are such dog shit. Which is also fascinating because the lyricist for them, and I think the lyrics are particularly bad in this, is Leslie Brickus, who did Somewhere in My Memory, who did all this other stuff, like um, multi, like Grammy, Oscar winning, like lyricist. And these ones, not good at all. Like, was it like 15 minutes in the back of a cocktail napkin? <laughs> And that's, I don't know from like research in this case, whether Leslie started or whether like Henry Mancini started. Um, but what's weird about like the score in this case is that because so many people grew up with it, like, you know, really, really like wanted the music from this, um, the soundtrack didn't actually get released in a larger form until randomly a Spanish uh, record label got the rights to it in 2009 and they put it out. But they couldn't get the rights to all the songs. They accidentally changed um, their left and right channel. They swapped it. And they also, in that case, accidentally pitch modulated part of it. Oh, Jesus. So not only did they do a terrible pressing of it, but they also, because of the rights that they were able to get, only could do a thousand copies for this movie that people had been looking for the score for for. 30 years. <laughs> I feel like the rights for this movie in general look like when you go into a police station and they're trying to solve a crime and it's just <laughs> red lines on pins in different places. Because before we watched this, I said to Matt, I was like, you know what's weird? Because I remember part of this movie being used in the commercials promoting the Radio City Music Hall Christmas Spectacular. Oh, yeah. And I was like, maybe, I was like, maybe I'm not remembering, maybe Joe, like, Know, hangs out in the alley behind the now I know where I'm getting his cost behind the Radio City Music Hall and the the Rock had to give him food but no, that wasn't what happened <laughs> but then at, at, so we watched the movie I saw the exact clip it's when they bring the sleigh down right through right in front of the tree and then I went, went on YouTube looking for these old commercials and there it is and I was like what other like it's weird. It's a movie that's not connected to this show, and that came out mo- like I was watching a commercial, which I think was like from two thousand four, way past the lifespan of this movie in popular culture, and yet it's still being used. It's like you don't think of other movies having a clip, you know, a special effects clip just used in other things and kind of spread out. I think it's partly in that case, also, despite what I said earlier about the sparkles, like the fact that when the sleigh moves and it has all this like the sparkle like in effect trailing behind it slashes the hoof prints, I think has such an iconic Christmas look, especially if you want like that New York Christmas look mm-hmm. sort of yeah. a thing. I think that that really, really works for it. And also technically is a testament to the, how well the special effects generally do work in this. My last score anecdote is that so after that Spanish label, um, it got bought up actually and became part of Quartet Records. And so it wasn't until 2012 that they rectified that problem and put out a three disc release of every song and every note of the score, all the outtakes, alternates, every cue. But it literally was only seven years ago that they put out the complete score for this movie from 1985, from 1985, like, which is that's not that atypical in the score world because nonsense and everything. But also is a case of like, again, 
if you wanted certain cues from this, you like people couldn't get them until 2012. It's just nonsense. Are things like the score and the actual film itself usually the rights to it managed by separate entities? Yeah. Like, okay, because I, n- I noticed when we watched this version of it, like the production company, and when you first is Studio Canal, I was like, oh, they actually make good movies. It's kind of bold to put your name on this. It's like. Yeah, it's weird in that case if you end up like looking at like the very end of credits where it talks about like the copyright and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, some cases, it will say like this film and then it will say like the screenplay and then it will say the music. Okay. And they're all listed separately and they're sometimes, sometimes controlled by separate entities because that's where, again, in that case, you can find where like different people are controlling the rights to them, but also where like either well songs or score pieces can in effect be licensed out for other stuff which is why you'll see like even though um pj hogan's peter pan isn't a disney film the music from it being used in disney world commercials now because it's so perfect for that that disney can license it without having to actually go through like the actual full studio of licensing the film Hmm. fascinating thank you for sharing No, I'm sorry. That is very fascinating. Jesus. I liked it, and I learned something, and I'm very happy. I'm about sorry. That. It is. Thank it you, is. Matthew. <laughs> that came off. You can come sit next to me. That was perfect. Thank you. No, you know I care a lot about soundtracks <laughs> and scores. I just I just know realized more about what time of night it was, and I got a little sleepy tired, and it came out in my voice. I forget what tone is sometimes. I have to pitch. That was very fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing. That sounded sarcastic. I give up. Oh, all of this is staying in. <laughs> oh, no. I seem like a dick. I don't think you're a dick at all. That was wonderful. Thank you. Did everyone hear that? He says, I don't think I'm a dick. This is why it's all staying in. And it was very funny. And everybody knows that you're being sincere. But yeah, it just. Oh, boy. It was just very good. Oh, my God. I need another donut. <laughs> It's almost donut time. So I don't think this is a good movie. Okay. <laughs> but. I think it's a fun movie. Okay. I think that if oh, you are wrapping up, I, I'm just, I just, this next time, like, cause I know Adam doesn't like this movie. So I want to talk about this. So I, I think it's a fun movie. I think for me, there's a lot of nostalgia and I'm okay with recognizing that. Like I said, when I like someone's a Santa Claus, it's Lebowski in a red suit that pops up in my brain. <laughs> um, and like I said, I think it, for, for its intended audience, it tells you how it explains all the things you kind of need to know as a kid about all the kids questions about Santa are answered. And it's, uh, you know, up until the end, which gets really scary. Um, it's a fun romp and it's, it's visual, it's visual candy. And so I thought it was fun to watch minus the broken toys scene. I don't know. I, I have an affection for it. It's very sincere. It's, you know, I think a lot of the more modern day Santa movies, like I was thinking like, the Santa Claus movies, the Tim Allen ones, it, you know, anytime he's presented with the idea of like being Santa, he's like, oh yeah, Santa's not real. Like there's always this kind of negative, sarcastic take to it. And versus this, which is like, oh, I'm, I'm the chosen one Santa now. Great. Get me my sleigh. <laughs> and it's just, just that it's yes. Ending. It's like, okay, this is, oh, got it. Let's, let's make magic happen. I, I like that. It was a nice change. <laughs> Everyone has looked at me to respond. I no, sure I did. Shit all over my childhood, Adam. Let's go. I know. I, uh, no, it's fine. It's all over as, again. I opened with it's not a good movie. Like, as the Jew in the room, <laughs> I did shit on the Christmas movie. Um, and that maybe that's part of it. In that, it's okay, I, Adam. I think it's a piece of shit too. Like, I mean, I obviously never saw it as a kid, but I found it kind of dull to watch. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm just going to negate. Go Go for it. I it's disagree fine. with everything you're saying. That's fine. That's what this I is for. Oh, I didn't make it. I also felt like it was kind of cynical because, like, we we joked throughout about like it's basically them just redoing Superman, but Santa Claus. But I think that's honestly what they were doing. <laughs> Plus, throw in some corporate advertising and a plot that makes no sense, and I'm like. I just didn't enjoy this. But I think Superman and Santa Claus are two characters who are it's really tough to make them exist in a modern world right now. That's why, I mean, DC is actively struggling. Like, how do we present Superman in a way that people can relate to him and like him on screen? And I think Santa is the kind of the same way. So the modern takes of Santa, he's gruff or sarcastic or this and that. And this one, he's just Christmas card version of Santa. And then he vanishes for 35 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And we get Patch. Fucking Patch. Goddamn elf puns. (laughs) I made a list of the elf puns. (laughs) Why do you have to bring them up? We were getting through an entire thing without... We had one elf fucking pun. Oh, no, there have been more. (laughs) Have I missed them? You zoomed them out. Did I block them? (laughs) Fuck. I'm starting to block shit out. Was it only Patch? Y'all broke me. Or was it other elves No, it was only Patch. It was was only Patch. Patch. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. So there were all these elf puns running through the movie where instead of saying self, you would say elf. Don't be elf conscious. Elf control. Elf assurance. Elf explanatory. Help their elf. Elf taught. And elf portrait. I would like to know that this is the only time in Matt and my friendship that the two of us were presented with puns and both of us were upset about it Uh because that's how much we dislike Uh the way the puns are presented in this film. Matt and I were like, no. But I think one of the reasons I enjoy them so much is because of how much anger it gets out of Matt because he's just, I can feel him getting frustrated next to me and just hating it and I'm just like, <laughs> so, you know what it is, and, and Matt, I Eating think it this up is like a puce lollipop. Yeah, it sounds like you said puke, and I realized you said puce, and then it was about the film. Never mind. Didn't no, Aaron, you were right. No, um, janitor eats the puke. So no, I think what it was, and maybe it was just for me, but like, I like puns when they're just thrown out there, and it's not like they're trying to actively elbow you in the ribs. And that's the thing. I think that it seems like I feel like this goes against the way you and I usually deliver, because when we deliver them, we deliver them. But then we look at each other and we physically elbow each other uh-huh. in the ribs. Yeah. But I don't know. This one for me, I also we were mentioning this and I was like, I feel like when Adam and I were watching it and I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be overly analyzing this dialogue. But I was like, it's the same pun over and over and over. And the movie stops to make them deliver that pun and it's also the same word which just i was like this is lazy writing give me like some jingles that yeah no it, it really does stop and it's like yeah get it we did it here we go all right back to movie it strikes you in the same way that i see you get angry with when we watch like old episodes of mr rogers and it's the henrietta pussycat going meow 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 and matt's like just talk <laughs> wait you Oh no! Meow 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 meow. X the owl. It's like ah! I was like, this is honestly the most calming show in the history of television. People have written papers on it, and you're fuming. It says a lot about in a treehouse. Bugs the shit out of me. Knock it off! You were using words four seconds ago. So whatever silliness is used instead of words, you get very angry, and so. Patch was just never going to be your your elf assistant. Use your goddamn words, Hank. (laughs) (laughs) 
meow, meow. No. <laughs> oh, there's let's, a rabbit hole. Let's do another podcast. Just all talking like Henrietta Pussycat. <laughs> Fuck off. We, know, that, that we know which one that can be for. That could be when we all go see cats. Oh, this is happening. Please have me on the show. My meow, 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 Taylor Swift, meow, 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 Jennifer Hudson. Actual song for that show that you don't know at all. Meow, 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 James Corden, meow, meow, meow. This is the part. This is why I know we. Meow, 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 Jason Derulo. I will be so happy. Um, my jaw. But yeah, no, I, I believe because we were talking about going to see cats. And this is just a total digression from everything at this point. But like we were talking about going to cats the other night. And I was like, oh, yeah, White Claws in the parking lot. There's no way I see that movie if I'm not fucking shit hammered. <laughs> I'm absolutely all about tailgating in the parking lot. Yeah, that's not a joke. We, no, well, I just don't want White Claw, but I'll oh, tailgate. That's, that's fine. I'm bringing yeah. te- tequila, so. <laughs> shot, 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 shots. I just found out. Did you know that cream tequila is a thing? And does that of course I do. What? Oh, God, rats. I had no idea. It sounds delicious. Not so. rats, cats. <laughs> and that's kind of thematically appropriate for cats. You just put it in a big bowl while we're outside. <laughs> Just lap at it. Um, Hang around Cornelia's house. She'll put it out for you in a fine china bowl. And next thing I know, I got better china, bitch. (laughs) You just paid your mortgage that month. Oh, that's lovely. That's what I got to do. Just travel around. Look like a... I almost said sea urchin. (laughs) Close enough. A street urchin. When we myself find China. The live action Little Mermaid comes out, we can talk about sea urchins. (laughs) They're going to fuck it up. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Anyways. So, one last music thing. I have it queued up because it blows my mind. It's it's this nonsense. Is it going to work? Maybe. We'll see. Oh, here it comes. You mean Sheena Easton? Yeah. This is what we were talking about before, about these bootleg Christmas songs that they had. This, These are the only things I legitimately hate about this movie. <laughs> I, I cackled um, as it, it was coming on, and I said, what the fuck is this? And I realized there's no one in the house, and that was fine. It was just me laughing on my couch with my cat. This is where I rolled my eyes. Like, this I was like, ugh. Uh, my one music fun fact about this is that, so they wrote this song for Freddie Mercury <gasps> to sing, actually. <laughs> like... And uh, like literally, they were kept talking about, it, kept talking about it, and then he passed on it and went and did Highlander. Yes, Highlander instead. Thank you. Yeah. God. Thank God. It's like, nope, no Santa Claus for me. I'll go do Highlander. God, I would have loved that song. <laughs> um, I probably would have loved that more. I want to go to where's that alternate universe? Because maybe he's still alive. Oh that's God, that's right. That's what we fucking need. We'd be all sitting there watching the John Carpenter movie <laughs> version of Santa Claus the movie with Harrison Ford, still Dudley Moore, but <laughs> hanging out with Freddie Mercury and David Bowie and Carrie Fisher. Why not? Like bring them all back. Can you imagine a crazy John Carpenter and and Freddie Mercury collaboration? It's fucking stunning. This makes Flash Gordon look like if dog time shit. travel becomes a thing, then it will. This is my first act. I know the popular one that everybody says they're going to do like it's real easy. But I've got a challenge. I'm going to go talk to Freddie Mercury and get him to sing this song. So that I can have the perfect Santa Claus the movie watching experience. And then I'll go talk to um, Carpenter and I'll convince him. Here's the problem. 
The song is shitty. <laughs> it doesn't matter who sings it. The no, song no, no. is shitty. You no 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 no. no. <laughs> Mercury can fix fucking anything. He can sing the goddamn phone book. Okay. <laughs> That's all I have to say I about that. I think the song does turn into the phone book at a certain point. <laughs> they just start listing off the addresses that he goes to. Yes. <laughs> Freddie Mercury's a queen. I love him. I, I think, I think, so I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's something we can all agree on. Freddie Mercury is a queen and we all love him. I think that's how yeah. we can go out on this one. Go watch Bohemian Rhapsody, Oscar winner. Okay, no, we did not no, say all no. of that. No. Don't you put those words don't in our put, mouths. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> on VOD. No. Some, I don't know. Go watch Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> 1985. 1985. If you, if you haven't yet. If you haven't yet. it. I think it's still... It, it's, you know... Bad movies are fun to watch sometimes, and it, at the worst, you'll have a birdemic the room experience watching a bad movie. Don't watch it by yourself. Don't um, watch it by yourself. You need someone to laugh with. You or do. You'll remember that as a kid, you probably watched this because your parents bought the VHS at McDonald's because they had that much of a tie-in, and you'll have a good time. That's fair. I think that's a good way to go. Laugh at some orphans. It's good. <laughs> okay, that probably wasn't the <laughs> bit we needed. <laughs> but I would suggest watching it with someone and not your cat. So yeah, with Root that against capitalism and watch this movie. Stunning. Yeah. And and Merry Christmas from the Anomaly Crew. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We're doing another film festival. That's right, Anomaly 2. Bigger and better. It's happening. <gasps> Where? <laughs> when? <laughs> it's at the wow. Cinema Theater. Again, our good friends at the Cinema Theater are hosting us again. It's November... 13th through 15th. 13th through 15th? 2020. 2020. Stay tuned. com. All the socials. You know where to find us. Woo! News on how to get your Woo. tickets. They're they're gonna go quick this year, boy. They're gonna go quick. <laughs> get them or lose out. Can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see everybody again. Can't wait to see. <laughs> Just imagine what we're gonna do to you this year. <laughs> you can't imagine, so that's why you're gonna get your tickets. And you're gonna show up. You're gonna have a good time. We show, we don't tell. I know you just listened to a podcast about us telling. Right. But we really excel when we're showing. That's right. We are all the, the exposition elf. Fired. <laughs> Happy holidays. Love you. Bye. 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 If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. All you have to do is go to NominateMeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. 
We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination.